Hey, this is Ryan Weathers, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and coming to me via Skype is Roy. Brown sugar. Brown doesn't sugar. that stuff, uh, <laughs> when you melt it down, doesn't that stuff become like sticky? Very, very sticky. And how do you dance so good? And why do you dance so good? Off- oh, well, how are some of these guys making these balls <laughs> dance so well? Some of these pitchers dance. Off the album, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. One of the best Rolling Stones ever, well, actually one of the best albums ever produced. You know, you should do a podcast, a sideshow on music. We need to get another player to come on and talk music again. Or even who did we talk to someone recently that, that wanted to, that, that wanted to do that? God damn. Well, you, we spoke to a, we spoke to a scout. Yeah. You spoke to a scout. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and we spoke to Mason Fioli about music. Uh, but we're not here to talk about music today. We're here to talk about baseball. We are definitely. And that was Josh Emmerich we talked to, and we should probably reach out again maybe this year after the season to see if we can't have him come back on. But leading right. off, leading off, man. Ethan Elliott, when pitcher High A Central, pitcher of the month. I still can't get over that they're calling it High A Central, High A West, High A East. What? I need a name. It's the Midwest League. It's the Midwest League. Thank you. <laughs> they can they can do Midwest League and then put like a byline under it that it's High A Central. So he uh, he, he won the High A Central pitcher of the month of the month, not of the week, not of the day, of the month. The honor comes from following a sensational opening month of the season for the 24 year old from Knoxville, Tennessee. Across five stars, Elliott logged a 1.46 ERA, struck out 38, and walked just six in 24 and two-thirds innings. His 38 strikeouts led the high central in May, and his ERA was second-best among qualified pitcher. Elliott served as Fort Wayne's opening day starter on May 4th against the West Michigan White Tap, uh, Whitecaps, that's uh, Emily's team, the Detroit Tigers uh, affiliate, and struck out nine batters in four innings. Damn. He allowed just one hit, and his outing included an immaculate inning when he struck out three batters in a row on just nine pitches. I love that immaculate inning. That's beautiful. (laughs) No matter what happens, he had an immaculate inning in the minor leagues, and that's uh, that's very difficult to do. And we, I mean, every 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 week we're doing something on Ethan Elliott. He's just he pitched again tonight, five innings. I think he gave up two runs. Just pitched amazing. Yeah, he's uh, he's on a roll. He is, and and he's a little older, so I got to wonder how long he's going to stay in, yeah. in single A before they're going to move off to, to San Antonio. Yeah, we'll see how that, what happens if there's an injury in double A or if they're going to you know wait to the all-star break. But he also made MLB pipelines, uh, pitching prospects off to a blazing start, which kind of just mimics all those numbers there. But yeah, he is, he is on the radar and he is doing great. All right, Ethan Elliott, watch that name. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, on the dirty side of of the pitching story this week, MLB banned four minor league pitchers for using foreign substances to doctor baseballs. Four minor league pitchers have been suspended this season by Major League Baseball after being caught using illegal foreign substances to doctor baseballs, signaling a stronger crackdown in the game's feeder system than in the big leagues during a historically dominant stretch by pitchers. Uh, but it is noteworthy that the the crackdown, it seems to have kind of spread across major leagues that the threat is out there. Yeah. The umpires now have the right to go check pitchers without having to be uh, requested to do so by the by the coaches. Um, cause there's always been kind of that, it's an unspoken thing. Like if you're going to have, if you're going to ca- have the umpire check my guy, then I'm going to have the umpire check your guy because we know that everybody's doing it. Yeah. Everybody's doing it. And it's the dirty little secret. It's the steroids of the pitching area. But also, you know, I thought, I found it funny what Pete Alonzo was talking about earlier. I think it was today or yesterday 
Whereas, like, you guys change the ball. The pitchers are obviously going to, you know, it's either going too far or not far enough. Well, if it's not going, if it's going too far, the pitchers have to do something or will they feel a need to do something to, you know, to improve, to to get these guys out instead of having these balls hit to the damn moon. Right. But I got to figure there's another solution here. You look at what they do in, in Japan and in Korea. They use a ball that the leather has a little bit more tack to it. Uh, they use a rubbing compound that has a little bit more grip to it. Um, and then the pitchers are checked when they come into the game. The umpires go and give a quick check. And if there's any suspicion, then the player is suspended. So I, I feel like there's a solution where you're allowed to use certain things to get the extra grip. And if you know, and you, you draw that line. Well, it's in the rules. No foreign substance. So right. no foreign substance means no foreign substance. And right. But it's funny. If you look at that rule, I'm not funny. If you look at the rule, it goes back to Ray Chapman. Ray Chapman is the only professional baseball player to die on the field, to, to die as a direct result of what happened on the field. Um, and it was back in the day when guys were using tobacco juice and right. black licorice, and they were intentionally making the ball dirty, like yeah. dark brown or black. And that was when they would use the ball until it was falling apart. Uh, they weren't replacing the balls many times throughout the game. Um, and so he got hit in the head by a pitch yeah. and supposedly he never even saw the pitch coming. Um, and so then they've changed that rule to make it so that they can't intentionally discolor. So if you look at the way the rule is written, it's that they're not supposed to like deface or or discolor the ball. Uh, it even says you can't rub dirt on the ball. Right. Which what do they do? They rub the uh, the the uh, the mud, the Louisiana mud. Anyways, yeah, it's funny how when they started that rule, they had pitches that were throwing spitballs. They were had pitches that were doing that, and they were kind of grandfathered in until they retired. And then after those guys retired, no one knew coming up had could do that. It was kind of interesting. Now, right back in the twenties, and the- I want to say the spitball went out in the forties or fifties, okay. and then Gaylord Perry just kept on doing it for the rest of his <laughs> career. Nobody, nobody knew where he was hiding it because he was always wiping himself all over the place. Anyway, to continue with the article here, uh, Chicago White Sox organization right-hander Marcus Evy of Low A Canapolis received a ten-game ban from MLB after he was ejected from a May thirteenth game when umpires discovered a foreign substance. Three more players were just suspended 10 games after being busted last weekend. Sal Biazzi of High A Winston-Salem, also in the White Sox system. Kaiwei Teng of High A Eugene with the San Francisco Giants. And Mason Englert of Low A Down East with the Texas Rangers. So the, it, I have a little bit of an issue here. That these are kids that are trying to make their way up through Low A, High A. Yeah. This isn't even high minors. And what they're doing is something has that has been taught in taught not necessarily in the in the bullpen but somewhere along the way they've learned how to use these substances it's it's not something that they figured out on their own this is something that's been passed down through generations um it's just that now the sticky substances have become even stickier and it's become a sticky issue with major league baseball (laughs) so why aren't they addressing it at the major league level Instead, they're cracking down on some guys at low A where it's kind of inconsequential in a sense. Well, it, it's it's inconsequential, but it is the shot across the bow. It is the – that's why everything gets started in the minor leagues. The guy on second base, everything gets started in the minor leagues, and that kind of signals to the major leagues it's coming. And you saw, like, the day after those guys got busted, you know, Trevor Bauer's spin rate goes down like 250 revolutions per minute or whatever, however they take – you know, there was yeah. noticeably different. Garrett Cole, his his went down huge that next game. Absolutely. Uh but so why don't they just ding Trevor Bauer 
and then he's out for a start in his in his rotation, and it sends that same message. We know that they collected baseballs from a start that he had. I believe it was in Oakland that the umpires collected baseballs, yeah. and I've seen pictures that people have posted on Twitter of, oh, hey, this is a foul ball that I that I caught at a game, and you see there's a big old brown smudge on here, and players really? are t- you see people like picking up baseballs with their flat palm right. because it's so sticky. <laughs> So why don't they just send that message to one of the major league guys? Why do they have to ding some kids that are trying to make trying to make a living in low A? Well, because it's the CBA is coming up, and it's their it's the, like it's really it's the owner's way of kind of like issuing a warning without really issuing a warning. And now obviously it's in the news. It's the protocols are coming together. They with the CBA coming up, they can't. I, I, you know, the major league owners and players are going to fight in the you know. In, and the negotiations, and if they have to go to the table with like, look, you guys, you know, you knew we were doing this, it's kind of like the steroids. You knew we were doing, you guys were making money because it was happening. Now you want to, you know, you want to take it away from us. So it's a, it's a way to kind of like let people know that it's happening and it's coming. And I can't wait to see the protocols. That should be out this week or next week when Major League right. Baseball releases to all the teams what that's going to look like. Right. So they toss a few kids under the bus that yeah. aren't even re- represented right. by the CBA because right. minor leaguers aren't covered by that. You know, and I would like to know where they are, where those players were in their in their organizations, if they're high, you know, if they're high prospects, if they were just, you know. Yeah, I don't think any of these guys were high prospects. Um, so anyway, the use of homebrewed t- uh, tacky substances, mixtures often involve sunscreen and rosin, is suspected to have spiked in recent seasons as pitchers have learned the extent to which illicit sticky stuff can increase the spin rates on their fastballs, making the pitches more effective. Many believe the proliferation of those grip aids is particularly responsible for baseball's offensive freefall. There have been six no-hitters this season, one shy of the record since 1900, and the league's 236 batting average was the lowest through May 31st since 1968. Uh, I believe that's the year they lowered the mound. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Josh Gibson. Or no, uh, thank you, Bob Gibson. <laughs> right. Uh, so this talks about the sunscreen and rosin. That's nothing new. Right. But it's the stuff like this spider tack and the pelican, whatever it is, pelican grip. Right. Um, and then it said home brewed. It's not just sunscreen and rosin. I've heard about taking like Pepsi Cola and boiling it down and mixing other stuff with it. And teams are employing chemists to figure out how to what to make. So it's not just the bullfrog sunscreen and you tap the rosin on your forearm. You see guys doing that in every bullpen. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of expected. Yeah. It's the next level of adhesives and goops that the guys are using. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me that there are people in the Padres pitching staff that, that have have used, or maybe even are using it. They probably are in all 30 teams. Yeah. So I understand sending the message, but man, by, by penalizing some single A guys, yeah, it just doesn't seem it, right to it, me. It doesn't seem right because they're they, they could really hurt those guys in their in the eyes of their organization, and they really mm-hmm. are the the scapegoats, the uh, the made example of. But I love what um, what St. Louis managers Mike Schultz said. Did Gio have some sunscreen at some point in his career to make sure he doesn't get some kind of melanoma? Possibly. Does he use the rosin to help out? Possibly. Are these things that baseball really knows wants to crack down on? No. Like. There's pushback. You saw the Garrett Cole yesterday with his talking. I don't really know mm-hmm. how to answer that by saying I do it without having to do it. You know, yeah, it, it's that I, was the worst non-answer it, I've ever heard. Oh my god! But at least I mean, it was it was he was telling on himself without really telling on himself, right? And it's right. It's, so what the the thing about uh, Giovanni Gallegos? He was ordered to switch hats when umpires yeah. identified a substance on the bill of his hat. So it makes me think of Tim Hill. 
or some other pitchers that you see there's all the rosin and Tim Hill has just a ton of rosin on his hat. Yeah. But it's rosin. Maybe it's mixed with sunscreen. But I, I doubt it's some like secret. The guys that are using these these crazy substances, they're hiding it in a spot in their glove or inside their belt or somewhere else that's not an obvious big old thing one thing it makes me think back to though is who was it a few years ago with the yankees there was a pitcher that had it on the side of his neck and the umpire went on nova it's not uh, no he used to be with the mariners and then he went to them and now i think he's with the twins uh but the name's escaping me at the moment but yeah the umpire goes up and takes a touch on his neck and kind of rubs his fingers and then gives him the finger you're out of here you can see a Uh, big glob of it on the side of his neck yeah shiny (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's so bad, but we got we got to get going. But I, I just it's it's coming. It's big, coming. It's coming. Yeah, and and I I have a feeling that this really is going to kind of nip it in the bud that they're going to get the message. You can't use these crazy crazy things. Yeah. You know, if you're mixing together rosin and sunscreen to get a grip, I think that's probably going to be accepted. But really, I think the solution is to look at the ball, find a a ball with find a leather with a little bit more tack, maybe a little bit more softness that doesn't have that same yeah. sheen to it. Maybe find something other than the Lena Blackburn rubbing mud that they've used since the 20s. Yeah. Yeah, that mud from the shore of a tributary of the Delaware River. I I don't think there's anything magic about that stuff. It's just what they've been using all these years at every level of professional baseball. So maybe it's time to take a look at that stuff. Right. And there'll be maybe an an accepted list of things you could put on the baseball or not put on the baseball. But anyways, moving on. So, Mad Friars had an interview with Carter Lowen. Um, I follow Carter Lowen on Instagram this whole past year. He's been posting videos of his bullpens, just hitting 96, 97, 98. Um, I just, you know, I, some people call that eyewash. I dig it because I like watching guys work out. I like to watch these guys working on getting better in the offseason. So, four years right, after. Right, and, and knowing knowing where his background is, that he, he right. was, he was not – yeah, and From he wasn't Hawaii. really doing much in Hawaii. I think he missed a whole season with Tommy John. And so coming back and having a shot at, in a, as a pro is awesome. We're going to talk about that here right now. So four years after he was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays in the 40th round last summer, Carter Lowen signed with the Padres as an undrafted free agent at the University of Hawaii, where he threw a grand total of 18.2 innings in three injury field years with the Rainbow Warriors. Carter Lowen has emerged as the closer for the Tin Caps, but, has, but as the saying goes, if you have talent, scouts will find you. And a six foot four, two hundred pound right hander who can consistently throw in the mid nineties is someone you want to take a look at. Question from John: Since you didn't go to the alternate site after you were signed, what did you do to get ready for your first shot this spring? It was kind of a switch in mindset. My goal was to always be the hardest worker in the room, and I was going to prepare my body for anything that got thrown at me. I trained harder than I have ever before. I got up early to go to work. I worked at a welding shop for for five or six hours a day and then went to go do baseball stuff in the afternoon. I can tell you if you're trying to get strong working in a welding shop or you're picking up metal and moving it around and even just the welding equipment, setting up fixtures and all that stuff, that is hard, hard work. (laughs) Yeah, John Conniff. Did you have to be careful not to push yourself too hard? You experienced some pretty significant injuries. So did you have to balance that on how hard you would push yourself? Push yourself, excuse me. No, I know myself and I'm healthy enough to do whatever I put my mind to. If I get hurt, I'll deal with it because I can't be thinking about it. To think of it the other way is a scary mindset and that's dangerous. Woof, fastball. High heat <laughs> coming. I love that. It's like it, it, very, very, you know, no, I'm not thinking about that. This is what I'm doing because I need to do it. Well, and it also says that he's had some introspection. He's yeah. thought about it. He's he's gone through these scenarios and it's like, no, no, I got to go. You're the best around. Nothing ever going to put 
to know? I, that's just song came in my head. Anyway, okay, so, Karate Kid, dude, you were an undrafted free agent who landed in High A to start your first season. Was that your goal coming into spring training? No, I came into spring training thinking I was going to do what I do best, and that was be Carlton Lowered. Whatever happens, happens. I didn't have any expectations except wanted to get out onto the mound and compete every time. Once again, boys driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you with your velocity? I've been up to 97, but I usually sit 95, 96. I have a cutter that is an 89, 92, and a changeup that is around 90. It's a good mix. Good separation. A, a, a 90 mile an hour changeup. Yeah. That's that's Degrom territory right there. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and pitches like that, you know, they may not, they sometimes will get hit, swung and miss pitches, but a lot of times that's people are out front, ground ball into the shortstop, mm-hmm. or you know, it's just a ground ball hit. Um, what part of your game would you like to improve the most? I would like to be able to pitch more innings. I would love to be able to go three or four innings as the ultimate as the ultimate goal, but I really don't set any specific goals. What I need to do is be ready and as prepared as I can be every time my name is called and do the best I can. There were a lot more in that interview and a lot, a lot of really good answers, a lot of really good questions. You guys subscribe to Mad Friars. It, it's it's five bucks a month. You get daily, you get daily, uh, you get you get daily updates from all the affiliates. Yeah, and I like how he answered that last question. That it's talking about goals. You people think about okay, innings limit, innings counts, or how many strikeouts are you going to have, or what? I he only has control over the process. Yeah. The results are going to take care of themselves. So whether that means that he's going to be locked in as a closer, or he has an opportunity to become a swingman, or what? That's that's out of his control. All he can do is work his butt off and try to learn and try to be the best the best Carter Lowen he can be. Absolutely, he's done really well this year so far. Yeah, and what a great story to follow. All right, so moving on to our affiliate rundown. Uh, We're starting with Lake Elsinore Storm. Strike one. Wednesday, right-handed pitcher Nick Thwaites turned in his best egg of the year, but ultimately did not factor in the decision as the Storm blew a lead late. The former 15th round pick threw six innings for just the third time ever while striking out a season-high six, one off his career high. Despite the high ERA, most of his underlying metrics are quite encouraging. He's allowing fewer hits while striking out more batters than he did in 2019 with Tri-City. The main concern with Thwaites has been his command. He's already walked 11 batters in 25 innings, just seven off from his career high, despite accomplishing the feat in far fewer innings. Robert Hassel III had a quiet series in San Jose, but he's heated up in Stockton. After homering in Tuesday's series opener, Hassel had a pair of singles and also stole two bases, giving him nine on the season. The Storm have struggled with consistency, but Hassel has easily been their best player so far in 2021. He has a solid slash line of 284, 391, 495. Yeah, and that was last Wednesday. And so, and since then, like he had a double and a single tonight. The night before, he had a single and a run scored and a walk. Guy's just an on base machine. He's really putting together a really, really strong first year of his professional debut. So, strike two. Friday, Jared Dale, Aussie Jared Dale, 20, led off and had led off and had three hits to pace the 13 hit attack. After a rough start to the current 12 game road trip, the Australian native. His five hits in his last eight at-bats. Dale has been a versatile weapon for the Storm this year, playing all over the diamond and providing above-average offense. Just for fun, I thought I'd pull up his uh, baseball reference page here. He's played first, second, third, uh, outfield and right field. So he's played pretty much everywhere except up the middle, um, Which I, and he, he was signed as a shortstop. Yeah. He, he's been playing in the Australian League since 17. Right. <laughs> That's like- right. Three years ago, I saw him. And I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. So I guess when you think about that, it's not surprising that he's hit the ground running in in uh, yeah. here domestically. 
But still, great to see. Yeah. All right, strike three. Right-handed pitcher Levi Thomas worked the first four innings and kept the ports in check. Thomas allowed a run on two hits and a walk with five strikeouts. Thomas has a 5.14 ERA, but he's been victimized by the BABIP god so far. Opposing hit batters are hitting 420 on balls in play, and FIP is closer to 3.50. Thomas has had no issues punching batters out. He has 28 strikeouts in 21 innings. So FIP is based on strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Fielding independent pitching. Uh, where the BABIP of 420, and usually you see a BABIP around like 300, maybe 280. Okay. Some some guys are around 250. So 420 is uncharacteristically high, and that does suggest that the ERA of 5.14 is unfortunate. But there again, you only have control over the process. You don't have much control over the results. Yeah, I've seen him pitch a couple times. He, he good fastball. Great slider. I think I'm pretty sure it's a slider. It just it, it has good break, but I think it finds a little bit too much of the plate a little too often. And this is his first year. He was the third round draft pick, so this right. is his first year in in in, in ball and in, in, you know in affiliate ball. So yeah, he's not somebody that's going to light up right. the radar guns. He's not somebody that's going to you know pop your eyes with his breaking stuff. Uh, but what got him drafted was pitchability and just his his. I mean, you see videos of him in college, and the guy is just going nuts <laughs> out there on the mound. He's full of fire. He's just foaming at the mouth. Uh, and and so it's the competitiveness yeah. and the command. Fantastic. Moving on to Fort Wayne. Strike one Wednesday. Anderson Espinosa SP had his strongest start of the season. The number 12 prospect in the Padres system went three innings for the first time this season and was perfect. He struck out three and didn't allow a base runner. He threw 38 pitches, 23 for strikes, which seems close to his limit. A trio of tin cap relievers finished the job. Now, he just he has pitched again since then. And that was just two days ago, if not yesterday. The days are all still, it's still COVID. You know, so the days are still running into each other. Um, first two innings, really good. Third inning, walked a guy, a couple of hits, a uh, couple of unfortunate plays, and then he gave him a couple of runs, but don't care. He's he's throwing strikes. He's throwing hard. He's throwing consistent, and, uh, and he's healthy. Yeah, and it seems like every time he comes out, he seems to get just a little bit better each time around. All right, so following up with Anderson, uh, Edwin Bencomo uh, led up just one hit in three innings. Felix Manjaris threw two shutout innings, and Carter Lowen wrapped up the game with a hitless ninth. In total, the tin caps pitchers struck out 12 hitters. So if they did that here at Petco Park, that would get everybody uh, a free pound of dog treats. Or cat treats. So, we, so we've done that once, and, and our cat does not like the cat treats, so we have to go back and try a different... You know, and same thing with the jumbo jack, with a home run, the jumbo jacks. If I had a home jumbo jack every day, we had a home run. God, I'd be well, not the past few weeks, but at least in recent times, I'd be fat as hell. Or even fat. now, it's the it's the it's the bulk treats, right? <laughs> They've got the ones you get the scoop in the bag. So, have you tried different ones? No, with the little princess there. So, so what, what they had us do is a little bag, like for the cats, it's a little bag on like the here's your treat display. It's not oh, it's, it's okay. not scoop. It's just a, for the cats, at least for the cats, it's like that. Well, you got to try some different treats. I got to get a different right. animal. <laughs> so, oh no, no, no! You're not switching out that animal. Nah, she's she's a gem. All right, strike two. Thursday, Ethan Elliott had another <laughs> impressive outing for the Tin Caps. Thursday night, Elliott, 24, has struck out a scorching 47 batters to seven walks. He's also allowed all six of his runs on the long ball. In 2021, he averages 4.40 hits per nine, but 1.1 home runs per nine. Which is really weird. You don't see guys give up just a handful of hits, but a bunch of them are leaving the park. So it's, what's up with that? I don't know, but everything else is great. Well, with him, he doesn't throw hard. So when he misses, 
and the guys catch up to it, it gets hit hard. Um, I've, okay. watched, I've watched him pitch several times. And I watched him pitch again today. It's got to be his arm action because he's not throwing hard and he's he's changing up speeds. And you know, you see one swing like, wow, he's on his back foot. That was a good swing, but he missed it. The next swing, like he guys on his front foot and his butts out. Um, he's just really. Really, just mixing up speeds very right. Well. So I guess it's a matter of of sequencing and command. Yeah. Um, so doing that at high A is one thing. I guess that would be a, a big measure that when he goes up to double A, is he still able to get outs? Because those guys are starting to understand sequencing. Yeah. So okay, he threw me a slider away. That means I'm either going to get a slider away or fastball up and in. And then if he tries to get that fastball up and in, then they can they can sit on it a little bit. He's having a great year, and we're going to continue to talk about him as he continues to do well. You know, it's a perfect example of of guys like him pitching in the majors was just last night. We were at the game with – God, I still can't remember his name. He pitches for the Cubs. Oh, Zach Davies. God, his his name blanks me. So we watched him pitch just a gem, and he didn't – I thought he saw – I saw him hit 90 once, but he was 89, 88 on his fastball. Yeah, but everything was right at the bottom of the zone and dropping out. They showed a, a graphic of his changeup strikeouts this year, and like red was right-handed batters and and blue was left-handed batters, and every single one of them was a changeup away. Yeah. So just the ability to keep that pitch on the outside half of the plate, whether it's glove side or arm side, is remarkable. That he's not letting any of those drift. Yeah, and he's I guess he's let some drift because the ERA is up there. But yesterday he was locating. Absolutely, and. It, which makes the one fastball he throws in the at bat like like ninety five just just blows it by you. Oh yeah. All right. So strike three. Johnny Hamza continues to demonstrate versatility and good pop for the Tin Caps with an eight sixty one OPS in eighteen at bats in twenty twenty one. Kelvin Alarcon is now three for his first six since being promoted from Fort Wayne on May twenty eighth. The infielder and occasional pitcher joined the organization in two thousand fifteen as an international signing out of Venezuela. I wasn't aware of the occasional pitcher part. Yeah. Well, yeah, he usually pitches like the eighth or ninth inning. And it's not a mop-up. I think he's actually pitching to to eat innings. Okay. All right. Well, hey, maybe he'll find a second career there. God, I think Johnny Hamza hit two home runs yesterday. The kid is coming on. That's a very, you know, it's a name to keep an eye on. This is his first full season in affiliated ball, and he is just tearing it up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I pulled Kelvin Alarcon off. I pulled up his uh, his pitching for this season. He's pitched in three games, uh, one when he was with Fort Wayne and two when he was with Lake Elsinore. Uh, and so far, he has a zero ERA. So keep rolling with the good times. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's move on to San Antonio. Strike one. Last Wednesday, it's the Jack Zawinski show. Jack Zawinski hit a home run and then bunted for a, for, for a hit. Juan Fernandez hit his first HR of the year, and it was a grand slam. Not only does it lead the team in home runs, but he also puts him away, uh, puts him halfway to his career high of 12. That's Jackson Winsky. Despite only being 20% of the season, his 0.622 slugging this season is nearly equal to his 653 OPS he had in 2019 with the storm. He had a wow. really, really bad year with the storm. He did. He did. He struggled all season long, uh, but I think it's more a testament to the work he put in. Um, you know, while while COVID was going on and he wasn't allowed to be anywhere near a professional baseball field. So, so hopefully this can continue yeah. being the Jack Skowinski show all summer long yeah. and we get to see the guy go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He's a great kid. Yeah. So the mission's biggest issue all year has been the lack of offense. Outside of Abrams, who is still not 100%, but slowly getting back to action. And Zawinski, only Cal Overstreet carried an OPS over 700 entering the game. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. 
All right, strike two. Thursday, Adrian Martinez picked up his first double-A win in style, dispatching six Cardinals by way of a strikeout while walking none. I like the little Don Orsillo by way of a strikeout phrase there. Uh, Martinez joined the Padres organization in 2015 as an international signing out of Mexicali, Mexico. Henry Henry pitched two scoreless in relief, lowering his 2021 ERA to 2.81 with a 1.00 whip to go along with it. The 22-year-old righty from the Dominican Republic has shown success since becoming strictly a reliever in 2019 with Fort Wayne. Chula Vista's own Fred Schlichtels uh, pitched a scoreless inning to wrap things up. The 25-year-old Fresno State product is pitching his first year at the AA level. Yes, go Fred. Go Henry Henry. Go H squared. Absolutely. He's having a really good season this year. And coming out of the bullpen has just changed his career trajectory, you know, on a dime, really. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So El Paso, strike one last Thursday. Oh, wait, wait. Hold it. Back up to strike three. You skipped on Eggy. Oh, Eggy. Sorry, guys. Strike three. Last Saturday, Eggy Rosario put together a 4 for 5 night, including a home run, double, and five RBIs. The four hits and five RBI both high Rosario's career highs. He has previously drove in five runs July 2nd, 2018. He has now recorded four hits in a game eight times in his career. I think Eggy, Eggy could move quick uh, if he keeps rolling like this. Yeah, he, he, uh, he's he got a, you know, the baseball IQ is an issue. Ball hit straight to him this today, just booted it. And it was uh, like, yeah, wow. But he keeps hitting. It's just... Yeah, it's it's reps, and I guess part of that would be you know where do you use the guy if if the glove is a question. The guy's hitting; he can play all over the diamond. Um, there there's a value for somebody like that. So yeah, okay, occasionally he'll boot one, but then he'll go four for five with a home run, a double, and five RBIs. I think you can live with a, a booted grounder. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> all right, so all back. right, take us to El Paso. All right, El Paso, El Paso. Back down home in El Paso. Strike one Thursday. A lot of things going on on Thursday. Just Thursday was a big day for the whole system. Uh, Daniel Camarena combined the solid work he's shown since finally getting a chance to play for the Padres organization. Camarena, a Cathedral Catholic product, was signed by the Padres before the 2020 season in which he summered summered at Fowler Park in Cunningham Field as a member of the alternate site roster. The Southpaw completed a season-high six innings and earned a quality start by allowing three runs to go with five strikeouts. Over his last two starts, totaling 11 innings, Camarena has punched out 10 in his first 17 innings. He has struck out just six batters. So this last, so this last week, you know, last week we had, you know, did skip McKenzie Gore's start, and somewhere I saw that he wasn't going to miss his start. So after five days, I'm like, okay, he should be pitching today. Nope, pitching tomorrow. Oh nope. So he has not pitched in almost two weeks now. Yeah, it was reported to be a blister issue. Yeah. And those can be tricky, you know, so it, it, it held him up for a fair amount in what was that 2018. Yeah. Um, so, and, and they don't want to bring somebody back until that's fully cleared up. Cause it's all it's going to do is flare back up and, and, you know, put you back on the shelf for a while. All right. Strike two, Luis Camposano added two doubles and a single in his second three hit night in his last five games. The 22 year old top catching prospect has raised his average to 244 and is slugging 372. So while we're on Luis Camposano, what do you think of them calling up Webster Rivas and leaving Camposano uh, down in AAA? Well, I think it's starting to show because just the other day he he's been hitting since he's been down there. So he Mm -hmm. needs like, you know, it's the simple thing. He needs the consistent reps, the consistent time behind the plate. And not the once every four days uh, that Webster Rivas is getting. And plus, Webster Rivas, is, he deserves it. 11 years in the minors, over 500 games. Um, you know, like he deserves it. And he's been fantastic behind the plate. Yeah. 
I, I, don't, I don't think you can give the guy enough praise. He calls a fantastic game, really good blocking. He's thrown some guys out. Uh, you know, he seems comfortable out there. He doesn't look like he's over his head. And there were times where you look at, at Campusano and he kind of looked like he wasn't sure what to do next. Right. And I, I haven't gotten that impression with Rivas at all. Yeah, but and but Campy is the future, so keep him down there. Let him get the reps. Let him get the experience. Right, right. He's only twenty-two, and catchers tend to be the the take the longest to develop. So if he stays down for the rest of the season, that's not really a knock on him. No. If anything, that says that the organization <clears throat> believes that he needs the time to to really develop and and mature as a player. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see where the Padres go with the trade deadline and what they do and who they trade. Right. Right. And they are carrying, yeah, they're carrying an extra catcher. It's not, most teams don't have four catchers on the 40 man, uh, with, with, uh, Austin Nola and his, his knee issue that I'm I'm not sure exactly what the nature of that is. It sounds like he's still a little ways away from, from coming up. Uh, I I don't see them trading away Campusano in in a package, but I mean, we've been surprised before. Absolutely. So strike three, Pedro Vila extended his scoreless inning streak to start his AAA career. The 24-year-old righty has allowed just one hit while striking out seven in four innings since his call-up from San Antonio on May 31st. Fans will remember him from his lone appearance with the Padres. He threw, I mean, that was such a random spot start that he had, and he threw an excellent gem. He did. I think it was about against the Rockies, maybe? I can't remember who it was against. Yeah, and he's. I I think of him because it seems like every time I went up to to Lake Elsinore that year that he was there, I was catching his starts, yeah. and he would be out there the first three or four innings, and just he was untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> the, he had the late action on his fastball. <clears throat> he had two or three off speed pitches that he could locate, and he was keeping guys off balance the whole time. And then all of a sudden, he would just hit this wall, and he get rocked for an inning. Yeah. And and the game would get a little bit out of hand. Yeah, um, focus. Right, right. So it's 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 like, what's he gonna do? Okay, so his his lone start was at Arizona, okay. uh, April eleventh in two thousand nineteen. He pitched five and a third innings, gave up one run on four hits and two walks with five strikeouts. So pretty solid debut. But it was right after that they sent him back down, and then he uh, he injured his arm and missed a whole season. But now hopefully he's on his way back as a reliever. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, missing a whole season and making his way back, tonight was Reggie Lawson's double-A pre- God, who knew? No one knew. I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, holy cow. There was yeah. no warning for him to come up. So he pitched uh, No, he pitched the inning in the third. He had three hits, four runs, one earned run, base on balls. Um, God, you know, he just – it was good to see him on the mound. Obviously, a little rust, a little command issues. He threw a lot of pitches in those inning and third. But um, mm-hmm. it was just good to see him back on the mound. You know, usually we have some media access at the camps, even though it's extended spring training or or whatever guys rehabbing. You still have eyes out there. You have guys like Eric Longenhagen right. or um, um, uh, who is the guy we talked? Uh, Jason Panini, yep. guys like that that are down there, and you you see people doing their rehab thing. You start to hear they have conversations with scouts, coaches, trainers about you know who might be coming close so you would have some kind of suggestion that he was going to come back but i had no idea i knew he was throwing but that's all i knew i didn't think it was anywhere close to being in game action you know it's so good with with him you know with with trading of of luis patino with of, of uh chewy we still have a lot of pitching down in the minor league depth that uh that has value and that could be contributing to the major league team in the next year or two right certainly in a beer like um, lawson it's worth noting that he is on the uh, the forty man roster, 
so he's still on the 60 day IL, but there are rules about how long you're allowed to stay on those lists. Uh, so if he's making rehab appearances and he's doing well, and there aren't any reported injuries at some point, he's going to have to come off that, that injured list. Yeah. So that they could all, they could option him, but it just opens up or it, it occupies a 40 man spot. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it. It's so good to see Reggie tonight. God, oh just, my God. I'm, so happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. The last time I saw him, it was at fan fest. I think before the, before the 2020 season, <laughs> um, where he was up there on stage doing that game where they put the, the thing, thing in, in their mouths. Mouth. Right. Yeah. Right. They're trying to talk with friends. Yeah. With and, friends and, I mean, yeah. I what a good sport. Give it just, yeah. Right. Maybe I'm thinking a year before that, but anyway, he was up on stage and you're thinking, man, this kid's going to be contributing soon. Yeah. And, and just what a, a, a personality. Yeah. The kid's just full of personality. Um, so it's good to see him on the way back. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. All right. Till then go Padres. Let's go Padres. Padres.